For too many years, families of children with devastating illnesses have felt helpless as they watched their child suffer. Today, they're taking matters into their own hands and finally finding relief, treating their child with cannabis. These are their stories. Welcome to another episode of Love and Cannabis. I am Nina Simmons. And I am Osiris Steffen. And we are the proud parents of Aiden Steffen. Hey guys, welcome to another episode. Hello, hello, hello. Guys, I mean, tonight is is one of those nights where you get to meet some great people and you just look forward to having ongoing conversations because there's so many things that are similar but yet so different and this this is one of those uh, interviews that we're going to have tonight. So tonight we have Shifra and Alex Klein from Mitzvah Wellness LLC out in California. Yes. Got- hey, welcome, guys. Welcome. Thanks for having us. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I hope I pronounced everyone's names correctly. Everything's fine. Perfect. <laughs> I'm impressed. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so, guys, it's... You know, it's fascinating when we got to talk for a few minutes um, prior to the show about your experience and what got you into um, this industry and the fact that you guys are from an orthodox um, community, which was I found like, wow, that's interesting. I didn't I thought with the stigma of cannabis and all these things, I would never thought that um, you would find people that's in the industry, you know, especially in a community like this. And so. I would love to you to share your story and really how did you get um, to where you are now? That's a great question. Um, so, you know, growing up, um, my husband and I are both um, Orthodox Jews and we didn't really have uh, any kind of cannabis education. You know, we grew up in the 80s and, you know, the dare to say no era. Yes. And, uh, you know, it just was off limits. It wasn't something... Alex, did you ever try before, like growing up? No, no, I, I, I didn't, absolutely not. Yeah, I, I had it either. Um, we never dabbled. I never had a joint. I mean, yeah, I saw We, we yeah. grew up in the, in the say no to drugs era. You know, who doesn't remember the Ninja Turtles on TV <laughs> saying, hey, grab a pizza, you know? Same with me. Yes, of, 80s, 80s, of 80s, joint, 80s, 80s. You know, 80s. and, and there, there's such a stigma on it. You know, and Chipper will 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 we'll talk about. I don't know. know how old you guys are. Did you also uh, are similar experience in the eighties? Oh yes, I'm an eighties baby. I was born in early eighties. Yes, I'm guilty, but I did experiment. <laughs> I didn't inhale. <laughs> naughty, naughty. I didn't. I, I'm similar to you, you guys, where I listen. You know, just say no, and I didn't dabble in it. I didn't dabble in it. Even people exactly. around me were doing it. In college, I you know I became a user in my thirties, just when I noticed the benefits. So yeah, I, I can definitely relate to you too. Okay. So I'm yeah, going to that had, out. We had no concept at all. It was just an off limits kind of thing. And, um, you know, it got to the point when we have four kids, thank God. And, uh, we had kids fairly uh, fast after we got married. We got married when we were really young. Um, Alex, you were 22. I was 21. And, my wife is uh, still young. I'm still Aww. young. Yeah. And um, we had kids. uh, Our first daughter was born nine months later. And then um, after that, they're back to back. So now the kids are 
uh, how old are our kids? 14, 14 15, 16, 16, 16 and 17. <laughs> I understand. Wow. <laughs> you forget. That's wonderful. So, you know, it was, everything was cool and good and, you know, going the right way. And, uh, you know, we did realize that our third to youngest, um, there, there were some, I mean, he was diagnosed at two years old with regressive autism. Mm. And um, I'm, I'm not sure. Are you familiar with regressive autism? Yes. Yes. It's like, so they talk and then they stop talking. Exactly. Yeah. Along with everything else. So we didn't see any signs before, um, 13 months old. Um, you know, we've gone back into his records. We've spoken with his specialists and his doctors. Um, you know, we're, we've tried to find correlations of what happened. We do know that he is very sensitive to vaccinations um, to the point that we could not continue with them. The doctors felt that it was not safe um, because every time he had a vaccine, he had a, a major episode, wow. whether it was seizure activity or, um, you know, uh, febrile seizures, just, you know, 105 fever and that couldn't bring it down. Um, you know, we I felt helpless. Yeah, it was crazy. It was, it. it was insane. Um, and it was just months and months. By the time he was, uh, how old? The time he was two years old, he had been on 16 antibiotics already. So he was so sick with every vaccine. And then it was diagnosed as an upper respiratory infection. And then he was given antibiotics. And then he was sick again by his next vaccine. So whether it's from the vaccines, I don't think it's from the vaccines. I think he probably has some sort of something that, you know, was aggravated by his vaccine schedule. Um, and, you know, we vaccinated all the kids on the same schedule and he was the one that just, he just couldn't tolerate it. And, um, he became almost to the point of a vegetative state from fully functioning, saying three to five words, 13 months old. He's, he spoke early. He played early. He talked early. He walked early. Um, he couldn't hold his bottle anymore. He lost full motor function. Um, he, he had a severe apraxia. His mouth hung open and he drooled. He had to wear a bib till he was five. He wouldn't let us um, touch it. Yeah, we couldn't he touch wouldn't it. Look it, was, at us. it was a disaster. By the time we got to our regional center, they had um, given us the option of awarding him to the state because they said if we didn't have the means to support a child in his condition, um, it would be safer to award him to the state where he could be in a home, I guess, um, taken care of. Um, you know, thank God we were able to keep him with us. You know, it's not an option for everybody. And, uh, we did everything that we could to keep him with us. He had, you know, over 50 hours a week of in-home therapy and outside the home, you know, PT, OT, um, speech, uh, gosh, what else? Oh, we had feeding therapy to swallow. Oh my gosh. Safety, safety oh, awareness gosh, therapy. Yeah. Oh my gosh. We went, we went through a lot, but, um, by the time he was 10, he was on a cocktail about, about five medications uh, prescription medications that, you know, there's no pr medicine for autism. You know, there's not that one magic pill and they just kept giving him stuff that wasn't for autism, hoping that some of those side effects would help him with his stimming or his eye contact or, uh, you know, his, his cognition and every, anything and, and nothing was really helping at all. And we had really plateaued and hadn't seen progress. He was pushing 11 years old in diapers not feeding himself, um, not speaking. And I don't know if, um, you know, he, he couldn't, he could listen to like a Disney song and sing it, but he couldn't say hi or say mommy or, 
you know, it was like bizarre. I mean, I know that a lot of um, kids on the spectrum have that kind of tendency um, that they do very well with music and things like that. But um, counting, you know, we we put like oh, yeah, you know, candies, we yeah. put candies in a cup, and he would just look at the cup and he would tell us how many candies were in there. Yeah, you know, and just I don't know if you tried to, to to count, you know, marbles in a jar, you know, but he'd win that contest. Oh yeah, mm. he he like superhuman math stuff, but it just ended up being that we spoke to his doctors because we were doing online research and we said, you know, we've tried all these medications and all these crazy therapies. He was in studies at UCLA and we said, you know, how about cannabis? Like that seems like it's an option for people. We went online, we found Facebook groups that had a few thousand moms in it that were, you know, parents that were treating their kids and successfully. And when we brought it up to his team, we were completely shut down. Mm. Um, and it got to the point that it was like kind of creepy, eerie shut down. Like, you know, yeah, they, like they, why? Like, they took us on? into a room, like, like this weird room. And they like sat us down with like the whole team. Like they called in everybody and it was like kind of scary. And they're like, listen, if you guys decide to go this route, um, you're, you're, you know, you're off of, or we can't yeah, treat you. You're on your own. You're on your own. You've gone rogue. Yeah. Exactly. What state? Are, I mean, at the time, what state were you guys? I mean, you guys were still in California. Like, what town? We're California. That's... This is yeah. back in 2000, early 2015. Really? really? The state that pushed yeah. cannabis now is the one pulling back? Well, what's funny now is that UCLA is now doing studies with cannabis. Yeah. Uh, but back then, they weren't, and they were not for it at all. Um, so, you know, this is before there was funding. This is before you know, there, there wasn't access to this stuff. And, it, you know, even dispensaries back then were so seedy, you know, it wasn't like a place you'd want to hang out where now they're like nicer than your house, you know? <laughs> that looks like uh, Apple stores. Yeah. Exactly. I'm like, can we like redesign the house to look like Med Men? Yeah, like, right? <laughs> <laughs> Some high-end stuff. <laughs> Some real good furniture. Who's so, your designer? So Alex, uh, as a dad, dad to dad, Going through uh-huh. this, just going back to this, um, when this all started, like what was running through your mind while your son was going through this and your family's like, okay, we have a major issue. What are we going to do? Like who was the one that was taking control of, let's research this aspect and you do this? How was that devised on your end? Well, I think, I think that, you know, there was a lot of um, denial at first mm-hmm. where – you know, as soon as the label was put on our kid, the first thing I thought was, you know, it's got to be a mistake. You know, um, we got to do more testing. And, you know, I was always a, a IT person, you know, a technology person by trade. So, you know, along with Shifra, we went on Google and we researched all these things and looked up, you know, autism symptoms and things of that nature and just tried to figure out does he really have what they say he has? Mm. And, you know, maybe it's something similar, you know? So I really felt defeated as a dad. I really felt like, you know, you want your, the best for your kid. You're going to do whatever you can for your kid. And now here's something that's out of your control that you can't fix. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm a fixer. I want to be a fixer as a dad. And I felt like I couldn't fix this. So I, I, at the beginning, I felt defeated. And I think that's really what drove us to do what the next step was. Yeah, it does make you feel helpless as a dad because you feel like that. this is my role. I'm supposed to take care of my family. Like, how did this happen? Like, you start to blame yourself. Like, where did I go wrong? Uh, you know, there's something I did wrong. You know, the blame of yourself. 
because I went through that phase as well when my son started with the epilepsy, having like 100 to 200 seizures a day, um, watching him fall left and right. It was just like mind-boggling to go through it. I think the one of the most shocking times for me was giving him a bath, and I just turned around a second just to grab a towel, and he has a seizure, and he and his head's under the water, and it's like wow. <laughs> so it's like that those moments. So scary. It, it is like every day is like a scary moment. So I can imagine, I could I totally understand what you guys you know you were going through as a dad to deal with something like that. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was unbelievable. Yeah, it was it was every day. It was like when he would when <laughs> I mean there's there's days where he would go days not sleeping, um, and I mean literally days not sleeping. He would go make I think his longest was four days at a time, um, where he was up to, you know all those hours um, and then just crashed. Um, but every time we had him in bed at night, it was like, oh my God, we kept him alive another day. It was like, how do, you know, it was like an accomplishment to keep him alive, you know, whether it was, um, just keeping him from harming himself, even, you know, from his violent tantrums and banging his head or biting himself or running in the street. You know, we had to put locks on our front door that are you know first we put two doorknobs remember we had two doorknobs oh that's right and he couldn't figure out <laughs> oh my gosh if you're right so we had we put two doorknobs we put one like a regular doorknob and then we put another doorknob too high so he like the arm spans he, you need to turn them both at the same time to open the door mm. so but then he got bigger than us <laughs> and then he figured out he's like oh just I can just turn these both at the same time. Yeah. Wow. We went to crazy stuff because he 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 was like chasing cars. I mean, he even escaped from his school. At one point, this was in I think third grade. He escaped from his school, and it was uh, they had like four like locked gates supposedly, and wow. he was running down the middle of the street in the wrong way in traffic. Oh my God! Um, they say that about children like autism. Like a runner, like a runner. Someone yeah. stepped out of their car yeah. that almost hit him and grabbed his shirt, wow. um, and, and and you know saved him. Yeah, again, from, again, from dad to dad. Sorry, so I want you to just picture like you're driving down like a major intersection and you see a kid just walking towards you. It's a well-dressed child that's obviously out of place, and you're stopping your car because you don't want the car behind you. To, to maybe that's and not going to be. He got like out you. of his car. Yeah, he got out of his car. To, you know, to in the middle of the street. Potentially save wow. our kid. Um, that's awesome. It's, it's it's things like that. You know that you know we go to bed at night just happy that he's he's safe. You know. Yeah, but then you can't sleep uh, because you're wondering, is he going to get up now? Is like, is he going to escape? So you're either sleeping outside his door well, on the floor. Alex, yeah, Alex sleeps really well, <laughs> no matter what. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm the deep sleeper. Yeah, so. but I hear, so tells me about I, it in the morning. Mine hear, too. I can, I can hear the kids breathing, you know. Yes. <laughs> right? That's me. You know, you know what? We, when we go to hotels, when we go, you know, traveling to different awesome. places, yeah. we want to take them to amusement parks and different things. You ask Shifra, you know, she's right now. You can ask her right now. Yeah, I would, I would push the dresser, this, these crazy dressers from hotel rooms. I'd push them like the Incredible Hulk across the hotel floor um, to the front door to make sure that in the middle of the night, if he figured out where the front door was, he couldn't open it. Yeah, we 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 we've become pretty uh, uh, able to adapt to his needs, but. You know, it got to the point where it was getting just, it was just too much. And, and it was like, what, what are we doing at this point? And we had to make the decision. Is, are we going to 
keep going on this route and not see any progress? Or are we, you know, it, you know, we go through the IEP system, you know, the IEP every year. And it's like, we're not even changing his goals. It felt like we're going backwards. Yeah, and, we went through And that. I'm like, it's crazy. You know, the IEP system, we have to get lawyers and advocates. And it's like, we're, we're exhausted. We were just exhausted. So desperate and willing to try anything. And, you know, we saw some videos on YouTube of, of uh, yeah, video. we saw a video. And we're like, okay, you know, it's time for us to try this. So, you know, we wanted to explore it. And then, you know, we learned about edibles and we thought, we knew he wouldn't take oil. We we're like, you know, he had so many feeding issues. Basically, he eats chicken nuggets. Like, that's where we're at, you know? So um, there was no way we were going to get like an oil down here. So we knew we had to go with edibles and we do keep kosher, a kosher diet. And there are no kosher edibles. Because um, of the gelat and there's a gelatin, you, right? What was that? Is it because of the g gelatin? Um, so there's a lot of things that make a product kosher or not. Mm -hmm. um, we, I mean, kosher is we don't mix milk and meat. Mm -hmm. um, we don't eat um, pork or shellfish. Yes. Um, there's certain um, birds of prey we don't eat. Um, fish. There's... There's um, wheat fish, just certain fish. No, certain but, fish, yeah. certain fish there's we don't wheat eat. Wheat fish right that have fins and scales. Yeah. Um, we there, there's a lot that goes into it, but then there's kosher certification, which is a separate issue, um, where um, there's rabbinic um, authorities that will come to the manufacturing plant to make sure that there is no cross contamination with not kosher products, um, and make sure all the ingredients are kosher that are being put into the product. Um, and yes, gelatin is one of those things because gelatin um, is pork. derived from, from pork, yes. um, unless it's fish gelatin, um, which uh, is kosher. Um, but um, yeah, so the reason that there was no kosher edibles is because kosher certification companies that give the stamp of approval, it's not, people think that kosher means that it was blessed by a rabbi, which is totally does not happen. I, I wish it were so easy. Um, but you need to pay to have the service of having the rabbis come out to your facility and deem it uh, a kosher product. And then you can put the kosher stamp of approval on your food. You probably have tons of kosher food in your house and don't even realize it, that oh, it yes. has uh, you know, a, a circle with a K in the middle uh -huh. or a circle with a U in the middle. Um, you know, a crystal geyser water is, an, is OU kosher certified, you know. So there's a lot of things. Lay's potato chips are, you know, Coca-Cola is. But yeah. But the thing is, is that, um, you know, they don't want to give certification to cannabis because if they give certification to cannabis, then they're basically giving the stamp of approval for cannabis. And no rabbis wanted to put their name on anything because they don't want to promote people getting high. Mm. So that was a huge it's a huge stigma in the Orthodox community. And there was nowhere we were going to find kosher. Now, when it comes to medicine or life and death type issues, you can give your child or yourself something that's not kosher. But if I had the option, I would love to give my child a kosher product. Of course. So we decided yeah. that um, if we wanted to give him something that was kosher and we couldn't find it, we could figure out how to make it in, the, in our own kitchen. You know, I, I'm a, I'm, I'm a special needs educator, but I also bake a lot. I was um, selling cakes at a time uh, for a time with, we had a, what was the license called that we had in the house? Oh, the, the, uh, the cottage. Oh, cottage license. So we had like a little baking business on the side just cause I love baking. For the PTA and I, and meetings too. What was that? For the PTA meetings. 
you know. Right, exactly. <laughs> I know. I was like the most popular mom in school, just saying. <laughs> yeah, like, we, we want you to bake. Listen, listen early on, yeah. that's what really made me fall in love with Chipra. <laughs> My food? <laughs> <laughs> We had our first, our first oh, that's right. Thanksgiving, our first, one of the first times that we went out, it was around Thanksgiving that's right. and Shipper made a turkey and made all kinds of stuff. And I was like, I'm, I'm ready, baby. <laughs> <laughs> that was like the first time we went out. That's funny. It was Thanksgiving. That's right. I, I, I forgot about that. Oh, oh that was a, that. that was a deal sealer right there. It's like, we're getting married. Right. <laughs> See, I knew what I was doing. It was all planned. No. <laughs> Listen, she's, she's beautiful. She has an amazing personality. She knows how to cook. You checked all my boxes. Oh, there you go. There the you complete go. package. I, I don't know how many boxes of hers I checked. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm. She's still checking off her box progress. for my wife. It's only, <laughs> it's only been 19 years. It's, you got time. Wow, <laughs> that's true. Oh, that's funny because it's. Uh, we're going on our 10th anniversary. We've been together for 16 oh, years. Wow. Yeah. Oh, wow, yes. Yeah. So, you know. You know. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so we, we started with um, – We actually started – Back started, to the internet. Yeah, we, we, start, we started um, – Crock-potting. Crock-potting, actually. We were buying – and it's so funny because we had no idea what we were doing. We, we looked up strains that we thought were going to be appropriate to meet his needs just by listening to other parents. We, we found some um, – researchers in Spain, some researchers in Israel that, you know, Israel is very, very ahead of us yes. when it comes to cannabis research. Yeah. So, so, so once we oh, had so the strains, we had the strains because I want you to picture, I mean, nobody could see me, but I mean, if you saw me in the street, he looks like a rabbi, you I'm, know, with I'm a big a beard. Pretty religious yeah. looking guy. Yeah, yeah, I saw your picture on Instagram. Yeah, we saw, we're like, wow. Yeah, yeah. Just, I, I would I never thought that. Picture. <laughs> You got a picture of him walking into a dispensary. dispensary you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm walking into a dispensary, and you know, first of all, the security guard is this big biker-looking dude with tattoos everywhere <laughs> and a chain hanging out of his jeans. And he looks at me, and he's like, he's like, uh, "Are you lost? Are you lost? The right? <laughs> the temple's down the street. The temple's down the street. Yeah. You know." And I'm like, I'm like, actually, here's my ID. I'd like to yeah. like to come in and check things out. And then, uh, then I'm in front of a bud tender. And I'm talking, you know, the talk. I'm like, you know, I want a, an eighth of this. I don't want an eighth of that. I think we started with ECDC. I think that was our first strain. Yes. Yeah. And yes. then we moved to um, Canatonic, and then we went to Harlequin, and that was a really good strain. Oh, yeah. Harlequin yes. is awesome. Yes. And then, but but it was funny because we didn't know what we were doing, and we were buying top-shelf flour to oh, stick yeah. in a crock pot. Like, we were spending loads of money oh, on, my like, God. beautiful, beautiful bud. And destroying, uh, <laughs> you know, the first the first run we did, we didn't even um, we didn't even decarb it. We didn't even we, we missed a step. We and thought we thought we'd burn it. Yeah, and we, I don't and know. We cooked it too much. We had a lot short. of experimenting, and the thing is, is that we were so nervous to give him stuff that we didn't know, you know, how potent it is or or anything. So, so it sounds like you guys it, tried it first. Well, and no, we didn't. We didn't. We were too scared. We're, we're wusses. We didn't try, but we sent it in for lab testing. So we were paying for lab testing, on, and it was coming back, and it was like no, zero, zero percent. You know, like we were like, "What do we do?" Right. You know, like, right. was, exactly. <laughs> As obliterated. So what happened when you were in a dispensary, Alex? Well, it's you know, which one? I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's, I, I had some pretty interesting experiences going in there. Because, you know, there were some people that were put off 
you know, some people were, were a little suspicious about me coming in. They were like, you know, is this guy, you know, coming in to like, you know, is there going to be like a shakedown? He's coming in to like, you know, check us out. Are you CIA? You know, and as soon as I opened my mouth, that really shut all these things down. Yes. I knew what to ask for. I, you know, I asked a lot of good questions. And when I didn't like the answers, you know, I'd move on to another dispensary and, and ask my questions there. Because, you know, when people would, would kind of like push back, you know, like, why are you asking so many questions? You know, it's for our kid. Exactly. You know, I, don't care, I don't care why you think I'm asking the questions. I need to know these answers because we need to make sure that we're creating the, the correct medicine for our kid. Well, I think another point is, honey, is also that um, a lot of these bed tenders don't know what to answer. They, they're not knowledgeable. Yeah, they're yeah. more sales. Than... You know, kind of thing. And I think Agreed. that has to do a lot of it. So we're here doing a ton of research. Like we're like the FBI learning about cannabis. Right. And then we walk in there and they don't know, you know, one strain from another, what terpenes are in there, each strain or you know, yeah. they don't know how to answer us. And sometimes like, I, why don't you know this? Like, I think, you know, when we were researching, you're totally right, honey, we, that right? we wanted to know everything that our child was going to be taking. We wanted to know the experience, what it should be affecting. And I don't, I just think people didn't have the answers that we were looking for too. Well, we have to go find and the answers. Also, you look weird, so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. The, the, getting back to that. Yeah. That was it. Yeah. So, Interesting. yeah, so that was that was the beginning. That was the way beginning. And then once we were on to something and starting to get lab testing back that we were on the right track, that's when we made our first batch of cookies for, for our son. Yeah, I think we got to the point where we crockpotted for maybe a day and a half. And we were at the point where we were using, you know, for folks listening out there that know about this stuff, we were using cheesecloth. And mm-hmm. we were like the real deal. Nice. We were straining. We were straining our our, our bud, getting we it to using, the point. We're we were getting using, every drop uh, of oil out of it. We were using coconut oil. Yeah, we were using uh, uh, yeah. coconut oil, and we really got great looking oil that we were really impressed with. And when we got the labs back, we blew our minds. We, we, we were high fiving. We were high. Yeah, we were doing we were, a little dance in the in the kitchen. We were we yeah. weren't high, but we were high fiving. <laughs> So what ratio were you looking uh, for in terms of uh, for CBD versus THC for him when you so in the yeah in the beginning we did start we wanted to get um, like a twenty to one strain oh, okay mm-hmm. um, oh, yeah, that's for, right. for him we did go to a three to one we did do a one to one we definitely tried different uh, different strains out and. We felt the most, he did very well on the 20 to 1. Okay. We were giving him at one point 20 to 1, and then in the evenings, we were giving him a 1 to 1 for sleep. Nice. Um, but then he just, I don't know, after like a little while, I just felt like the 1 to 1 wasn't doing it anymore, and he really didn't need it. Um, but as he gets older and gets bigger, we are definitely experimenting with um, different strains again. You know, their body changes, their yes. hormones change. Oh, yes. We started this when he was, gosh, uh, no, maybe it was 2000. It was, uh, he was, uh, about oh, 11 and yeah, he was about 11 and now he's 15. So yeah, yeah. he's changed so much, like drastically. I mean, oh, he was, yeah, he yeah. went from this, you know, underweight, tiny little guy. He's now six foot, 250 pounds. Yeah. Wow, he's, he's a big Plus. boy. Yeah. Is, <laughs> did you notice that when he was going through his growth spurts, like the seizures were like, going they were just activate or did you see notice that there were things changing when he went through those growth spurts like 
behavior so, changes or yeah right so okay so he does not have seizure activity he only has seizure activity um when he was getting those high fevers when he was okay. younger okay so we, yeah so we don't we we've done um you know eegs and stuff and we haven't caught anything um since then but More like ticks more like no he does get very stimmy yeah, stim, um, stim, that's the word I was very for. very stimmy he gets um okay. you know as he's getting older and hormonal and his body is changing he has become more agitated sometimes so we went through an era a period of time where he was like very very chill very go with the flow and we're like oh my god like <laughs> this is a yeah. miracle you know <laughs> Um, with with the oil, and then we started to see some like really outrageous outbursts, like him throwing things and um, or breaking like a toy or or throwing his iPad, which he loves dearly, and like destroying. We've gone through like six iPads, um, and we haven't seen that for a really long time, you know. But you know, he is getting older, and I'm finding that the more cognitive cognitive he is now the more he's understanding and grasping and the less that he can uh, express to us but wants to you know i feel like he, like maybe he didn't even want to before you know when he he was kind of like in his own world like he was cool with it now that he's with us more present um i feel like he gets m more frustrated now does mm. that make sense yes absolutely because now he's aware now he's aware that he wants to communicate all this stuff and now he's trying to figure out how right like he hangs out with us now like before we couldn't find him in the house and like we'd have to look for him because he'd try to get as far away from us as possible <laughs> he'll just come and jump on the bed yeah. and be like what's up you and know, like, hey guys what's up like i'm like oh hello yeah, our son would run away from us when we came around with those healthy meals healthy. <laughs> yeah, yeah it, it was it was um you know he didn't want to be touched he didn't want to be looked at he walked he'd be in a room with a blanket over his head just so he didn't have to deal with like people looking at him or talking to him and now he's like you know wants to be part of the party so you know there's so many good things that came from it but he's still i mean he still has autism there's still things that we're dealing with and and we're going to continue to deal with and we see the change now we see there's different things we're dealing with now with the hormones um his body's changing um yeah, yeah and, and and all these different things that stuff we weren't dealing with now we're like oh okay now we need to start addressing you know, these issues that we didn't have before. So the issues are there, they're different, you know, and they're going to be different, but they're so much more manageable now. Like that he's off of his, all those meds where he was just totally zoned out. And now he's present. He's with us. He's able to function. He can talk, he can communicate. You know, he, he had a bar mitzvah. He was able to read from the Torah. He, wow. you know, reads, he reads English and Hebrew. Um, you know, he, he, he actually changed schools because he he was phased out he was just um you know too cogn you know too cognitively high for the the program he was in which you know we thought he would just be there forever um so you know we've seen a huge huge change and people in our community were started talking about it because we do go to synagogue on on saturdays um and you know uh everyone is they call it in in in, in yiddish a yenta you know they're they like to, to schmooze about what's going on, whose neighbor's doing this, <laughs> who got divorced, who, whose kid is this. <laughs> they, boy, do we like to talk, our people. <laughs> I think that's in every community. That's in every community. I don't think it's just limited to you, to your community. <laughs> I'm 
telling you, I, I, I hope it's, I feel bad for other people if they're like this. <laughs> Listen, our people, just like a lot of other people, are also very cautious, you know, and we were met with, at the beginning, even though it was really helping our, our son, we were met with a lot of backlash. Well, before, before the backlash, people wanted to know what we were doing. Yeah, yeah. They're, you know, what, why is your kid is in the synagogue and he's sitting still and he's not slapping all over? What's going on? You it's know? true. It's true. I should take a step back. And that we were, when we were starting Yaakov on, on this stuff, yeah. you know, a lot of people would say to us, you know, we would say, you know, Yaakov's trying, uh, you know, with his therapist. We would say, let us know how he's doing. Oh, yeah. He's on a different medicine. Yeah, we didn't tell them. We didn't tell anyone what we were doing. We just, we would tell the school, the school he's on a different vitamin regimen or, you know. Well, you know, we didn't know how people were going to react to it. Just feedback. The first time we gave him a cookie, um, within a few minutes, we saw eye contact from him. And we had never seen his actual eyes. It was like, you know, we would put our hands up like blinders to try to get him to look in our eyes and put our faces right in his face. And he couldn't, he just couldn't do it. And um, he looked at us for a good, like, long, like, I'm going to say, I don't know, it felt like eternity. But I would say good, what did you say? It was seconds, maybe? listen, listen, he looked at us to the point where I started crying. Yeah, we, we, could, say that. we couldn't believe it. Wow. And, then he like, started crying. and he smiled and he smiled and we're like, oh, my God, our kid is in there. Like, he's there. Like, That's you know? so awesome. <laughs> oh, so we I want to we want to hear more about your story. And I feel like you're we're getting to the meat and potatoes of your son's progress. So I think we got to make this um, a two part. So we're going to. Stop this part, part one, and we're going to do part two. So uh, everyone tune in for part two with the mitzvahs, and we're going to hear more about their son's progress. From mitzvah wellness, it's declined. Um, it's, this is fascinating. I can't wait for us to do the part two. So hold on, tune in, and we'll have the second part for you guys. Thanks for tuning in. Another episode of Love and Cannabis. I'm Osiris Stephens. And I'm Nina Simmons. Be strong. And stay empowered.